I'm Kelly. And welcome to The Millennial Minimalist. Hi, everyone. Today, I am sharing a conversation between Lauren and I recorded via Zoom where we discuss minimalist tips to help you remove the excess from your life. We begin by focusing on the physical things, and then we move into mental, digital, and emotional clutter. We see it as the perfect minimalist crash course. Pulling from our personal experiences and online research, we share healthy lifestyle habits and routines that will help you maintain a simpler and more intentional life. Hey, Lauren. How are you doing this morning? I'm well, thanks. How are you? Good, good. It's becoming the new normal. I know, I know. I really miss you. I know. Well, we still, we go for our six feet apart walks every once in a while. That's true. That's true. It's been nice. It's been really nice. Uh, so I, I was thinking about it. I was thinking, let's open this conversation by discussing the many definitions of minimalism, because especially for those who are just introduced to our podcast and may not know what minimalism is, we believe it's, it's a gateway to designing a simpler and more intentional life. And it's not about deprivation and owning a certain number of items. It's rather a lifestyle philosophy that inspires us to remove all the excess from our lives so that we can focus on our goals and our values and what is most meaningful to us. And as you, as you know, Lauren, I like to say it's a lifestyle template uh, that we can use to design our best life. Yeah. And I think one of the biggest things you and I have discovered on this journey is that minimalism isn't just physical. Like there's so many aspects to it and that yeah. I didn't know about. <laughs> yeah. And it's so interesting because I am the minimalist adopter. You are the innate natural minimalist because you've always lived simply. But in that, in this journey together, you realize that, hey, there are other areas beyond the physical that I needed to declutter and remove the excess from. Yeah. And thing, even things you brought up that I would never have thought of like digital clutter. Yeah. I just keep everything in the garbage in my, on my desktop. <laughs> People don't know about that yet. Yeah. Your little, your little funny hack is you keep all your files in your, in your, in your I think, trash can. I think the garbage actually deletes it after like 30 days or something. So there's stuff I can't find. I need to stop doing that. Yeah, that's a big extreme digital minimalism. Um, so, so to start, let's talk about physical minimalism. So when I think about physical minimalism, I, I'd like to start by talking about how we can simplify our spaces. Because really by designing a simple space and home, it'll allow you to clean less, you'll have more space, you'll have more focus, and you will have more time. And I like to tell people that you should start by asking yourself what areas need to be sorted through and how you got there, um, because it will help you become aware of your habits and what needs to be changed, right? And it can, you can begin with any room. Uh, let's just say you begin with your kitchen, uh, go through your cupboards. Uh, if they're all full, go through each individually and figure out, hey, like, what do I have in these cupboards that I don't use often? And what am I storing that maybe I could just buy once a year? Like maybe I don't need to store this $1 dollar store item in my cupboard, for example. So begin with one room, whether that's your kitchen, your bathroom, particularly under your bathroom sink. I think that is a messy place for a lot of us. Uh, your closet, of course, your living room drawers, your bedroom under your bed, your side tables, and your junk drawers. We always forget about those junk drawers. So if you think you've finished decluttering your home, you probably haven't. And, and then you'll be inspired to start the decluttering process. So something I did this weekend, I think it might be helpful for our listeners is 
to also think about what items are in your space that make you feel calm and relaxed. And something you inspired me to like have more of in my home, Lauren, are candles and, and calming art. And just, again, like it's just so important to have those little pieces of just items in your home that make you feel at peace. If, if candles relax you, get more candles, um, have some calming, you know, get some art that's calming, uh, maybe framed pictures. And then also think about what items in your home are causing you anxiety. Maybe you have cluttered art on your walls. Maybe you have unused furniture or old items that need to be recycled like magazines or items in your space that are unused and are just taking up space and creating noise. So that's some of the things to think about. When you think about your home, Lauren, uh, what do you think that you keep in your home that's, that really gives you that calming nature? I take baths at night, so I make sure there's nothing around my bathtub and it's always very clear and I might light a candle or like have a glass of champagne. So that's very cleared out. Um, I keep my bedroom very clear and dark, so there's no clutter there. Actually, there's just no clutter anywhere. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's amazing. But, um, one of the interesting things you were just saying, which I think is really relevant to minimalism, is habits. And I... I, minimalism, like going and clearing out your place is exactly like going on a diet. Like you can do it and you can lose the weight, but if you don't change your habits, it's going to come back. And half of why there is clutter in your place or there is stuff that you don't need is because you're overbuying. So unless you, until you address that side of the equation, I think that you are going to continue to struggle with clutter or owning too much stuff physically because you just haven't mastered that art or that aspect of it, which is purchasing too much and owning too much. And it's not, it can come in products, food, clothes, decor, furniture, anything like little knickknacks. So I think that's one thing that has to do with maintenance is that yes, you know, living this lifestyle and adapting this lifestyle, there's so many amazing benefits, but you do have to master the other side. And that is learning to buy less too, not just live with less, but to, to buy less. My mom actually right now is sorting through her bedroom. Her and my dad are getting bags and bags out every day. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, this is great. Like all the stores are closed. You can't buy anything. <laughs> but like once everything opens up, like it, she still has to have that discipline to um, not buy as much. But she did say, you know, doing this process, seeing how much I own makes me not want to buy anymore because I just physically see how much I already have. So I think that's, um, that's just one really important part of, minimalism maintenance, especially when it comes to the physical possessions. Um, one little hack I can tell people, I have a miscellaneous box and that just like, I kind of have a place for everything. And then I have a box in my place where it's just things like my passport, pens, business receipts, checkbooks, just things right. you don't really, that don't really have a place, but like psychologically you can keep your mind around the organization of it. Um, and that's really important. So having a, a place for everything and kind of having a spot for those places that don't have anywhere to go. And another really big tip I have is to go through your stuff consistently. Like I try to go through my stuff at least once a month. 
um, drawers, cupboards, clothes, food, everything. Like see what you're not using, you're not eating, products you're throwing out and see if you can stop buying those or how you can buy less because it's not of any value to you. So do you dedicate, yeah. Do you dedicate time in your schedule to do that each week or each month? Um, so once a week, every week I clean my place. Like I, I do the floors, I do the bathrooms, I wash my bedding, I dust. And then once a month I do my little one hour organization. So I'll go through my cupboards, I'll go through my boxes, I'll go through my clothes and just make sure everything's to par. I know that that's a little OCD for some people. It's just my own personal routine right now. And it works like I, it, and it, it makes me very aware, especially with food and products. Like I think as women, we can relate that it is so easy to overbuy products. Like it's like, oh, I'm going to test this spray tan. I'm going to test this lipstick. And then all of a sudden your drawers are full and you're not using half of it. So yeah, I try to once a month. Wow. I love that. That's a great idea. You just provided amazing tips on how to maintain your physical space. I mean, for me, I actually clean as I go every day. Um, so I'm constantly really <laughs> so I'm constantly managing it every day. Uh, that being said, I mean, it's been easier because I'm working from home. But when I'm not working from home, like you, I usually dedicate one or two days to clean my home. Uh, but by cleaning my home, I mean deep clean. Uh, it's always neat and organized through, through the week. Uh, I mean, I live alone. It's much easier for, for me and for you, right? Uh, I think that if I was a mom, uh, it would be a little bit more challenging. And I would then set aside time in my bullet journal when I would do that. So again, it's important to be aware of your habits and make time for decluttering and organizing your things. Something else to think about when it comes to physical minimalism is to rethink your space so that it supports your lifestyle. So maybe you need to rearrange your furniture or electronics to make space for activities that benefit your everyday routines, right? So uh, perhaps you want to renovate an empty room uh, that is rarely utilized to make room for a hobby, for example. So my aunt, she is an amazing artist and she decided, hey, here's a spare room. I'm going to turn it into an art studio. And I just love that. I'm like, you know, you're using that space intentionally. And the last thing is you should also think about color. One thing about minimalism is people think that minimalism is black and white, but it's not. You can have color in your life. It's what brings you joy. So if you love color and you have white walls, maybe it's time to paint your walls. And maybe color will help spark creativity and or create a more calming or uplifting environment for you. Or maybe it's the other way around. Maybe your walls are way too bright and you want to um, paint them white or black. Like it's whatever you really want, but you gotta, you really need to organize your home so it's conducive to your lifestyle. I think a lot of the time we set up our home in a way where, for example, there's a living room and then there's, sorry, there's a dining room and then there's a kitchen table, but we only use our dining room twice a year. Why? We don't have to do that. Our main kitchen table can be our dining room as well. I mean, why, why do we just have this space that sits there year round? So why don't we use that space better with more intention? So something, to be, some, something for some people to take away. And so I guess the takeaways of this is set aside some time, start in one space and watch yourself gain the motivation to tackle other spaces. Because honestly, I believe that once you get closer to simplifying your home, you will think about adopting new habits to keep your space more minimal. 
Yeah. And this is a really good time to do it, not just because people have more time. Again, if if you do have more time right now, but um, we're not really window shopping anymore, like physically out wandering the malls and anything right now. So um, it kind of allows you to take a step back and uh, look at what you already have and what you may not need anymore. Yeah. Oh, and one side note is uh, on YouTube, uh, The Minimal Mom. She has a video called Five Tips for Decluttering During Isolation. And she, like us, she recommends recognizing the stress that clutter causes you first. Then she says, practice the two-minute tidy and something that she created where she says, commit two minutes to clean something to motivate yourself because it will get you energized to, it's like the stretching process before you exercise. It'll get you energized to declutter. And then she says, use the if not now one principle, which I love. Like I love that quote, if not now, when? If we're not using X item now or in the next while, especially as we're at home, when will we be using this item, right? So it's something to think about. And lastly, she says, we should do it in bite-sized pieces. Do it a bit every day or once a week. Dedicate certain time, right? Which you do, Lauren, which is so brilliant. I think it's so smart to do that. And, and also when it comes to your space, there's also simplifying your wardrobe, which we've talked about and, and, and starting to embrace what you own rather than going out and buying new items and ideally creating a capsule wardrobe with a limited number of pieces and your favorite pieces that are high quality that you'll wear every day, which will naturally help you live more sustainably. And something that you and I recommend, here's a tip, is if, if you feel the urge to buy something that maybe you know that you don't really need, create a needs and want list before you buy new items. Especially now, I know online marketing can be so tempting. See beautiful clothing on all of our favorite brands online, but really go in your closet and ask if you really need that and how many outfits you can make with that particular piece. And something that I recommend is that there are two wardrobe challenges. One that we've discussed with Courtney Carver, Project 333 Challenge, look it up. We'll include it in the show notes. She challenges you to wear 33 items every three months. And then the second challenge, I don't know if you've heard of this, Lauren, but it's called the 10 by 10 style challenge by a blogger from Toronto uh, at stylebee.ca, where she challenges you to create a mini capsule closet with 10 items that you wear for 10 days and create 10 new outfits from to help you wear outfits that you might not have otherwise tried. I thought this is brilliant. Yeah, that is really smart. Yeah. It kind of forces you to wear what you own and realize, hey, like, wow, I can create an outfit out of this because I never really, and especially now you can, you, we have the time to do that. So it's exciting. So I think that's, that's another one. So these challenges will really help us reinvest in our existing closet, help us be more creative with the clothes that we already own. And also get a better sense of our personal style, as you say, Lauren, refining our style. And it will help us become like happy with our wardrobe. So no, it's so true. My I have one pair of jeans and they ripped. <laughs> and oh. now I don't have any jeans. Like I'm like wearing dresses at home in corns. <laughs> That's so cute. But what do you do? I don't I don't want to order them a pair online because I feel like jeans are something you gotta try a few on. I'm wearing my athletic clothes every day. Oh, uh, I feel like I need to get dressed in the morning. I'm more productive. Yeah, no. We're going to get into in this podcast. 
I actually still feel very ready for the day in my athletic wear. It's not lounge wear, it's athletic wear. So I'm still feeling put together and ready for the day. Uh, but I know that some people actually are just as productive in their pajamas. So whatever yeah, works for you. So whatever works for you. So uh, moving on to mental minimalism. This is one of my favorites because I think it's one of those areas that most of us can really relate to. It's an opportunity to declutter our mind. Uh, and something I should mention is it's also an opportunity to grow our mind. It's about creating mental space to boost our focus and creativity, and also about making room for mental fitness, challenging, growing our mind. Um, and it also inspires my mindful routines. And I know, Lauren, I'm going to throw this over to you because you have amazing morning and night routines, and I'm hoping you can share that with our audience. Yeah, one of the biggest things, and then I'll get into my routine that I want to talk about with mental minimalism, is I think so much of our mind is kind of cluttered with thoughts that don't serve us. And I've been listening to Tom Bilyeu. Did I pronounce his name right? Bilyeu, yeah. Bilyeu. Um, he interviews so many amazing people. So I highly recommend watching his YouTube videos or listening to his podcast, but they really like hone in on how to deal with mental clutter as you can almost look at it. Like those thoughts or um, those feelings or those emotions that don't serve you and how to, to do that. So for instance, if someone said something that hurt you or something upset you, like having ways that you can make yourself feel better or deal with it in that moment so that you like does that make sense Am yeah I no absolutely it's recognizing the clutter and yeah. figuring out like what to do in that moment rather than it's great well, it's nice, to, nice to have that awareness yeah it is really nice to have that awareness so if like someone said something that offended you like coming back on that thought and being like well why does their opinion matter so much and just being able to reflect on that and almost have ways to deal with your emotions or your thoughts again, that don't serve you. So I've been doing the miracle morning by Hal Allward. I hope I pronounced that right. It, it took a little bit to get used to. Like, I feel like I've told a few people about it and it is a little bit intense. Um, so it's one hour. I call it power hour. So it's 10 minutes of meditation, 10 minutes of inspirational reading, 10 minutes of affirmations, 10 minutes of visualization, 10 minutes of journaling, and 10 minutes of exercise. I time them and it's exactly one hour. And when you come out of that hour, I do it right when I wake up. I am so inspired. I have so much energy and I'm very clear about what I need to work on and focus on that day. And another huge thing, which especially during this time while people are quarantining, I didn't really do this before, but I started doing it. I make a to-do list every day and it like structures my day and my time and what I need to work on and prioritize and focus on. So um, that is my biggest advice right now when it comes to like mental minimalism or maintenance is is having something like a tool. Mine is the miracle morning or my power hour to be, to like get yourself inspired, get yourself energized, um, get yourself focused on what you need to work on and then really sitting down and like um, writing out what you need to do that way, to do that day. And you can also, another thing I've started doing during this time is making weekly and monthly goals, which I never did. I always just had goals, but I never like broke them down into what I needed to do this week and what my goals are that month. 
and going back and reflecting on them and seeing where you did reach what you wanted to do and where you didn't. So that's my biggest advice for mental minimalism. That's so great. I mean, what about your evening routines as well? I know that's something our listeners are also curious about. So recently, I always used to wake up and have a cup of coffee and read. That was my morning and I loved it. But I've been doing this my miracle morning and I I enjoyed it. I want to stick to that. So I've actually been transferring my reading to the evening. Um, Yeah, which is really nice. Uh, Once I'm done work and I've had dinner, I, I used to just like, there's nothing to do right now. Like you can't go see friends or go anywhere. So I would kind of watch TV, but I could never really get into anything. Um, so I wasn't really enjoying my evening. So recently my evening routine has been to read and to watch Tom Bilyeu's interviews. So Aww, I kind of, awesome. yeah, it is really nice. Or I Skype, I guess I Skype with friends and my parents. I finally taught my parents after three days how to use Skype. <laughs> That was really frustrating, but it was really cute once they turned it on and we all got really excited. Um, I'm not like you in the terms of evening routines. Like I get really tired at night after I've had my shower and brushed my teeth. I just want to sleep. Like I don't care to make a to-do list tomorrow or organize anything. Like that's what I do in the morning. That's where my energy is. And I love that after my shower, I'm so tired and I can just fall right asleep. So I try to take advantage of that at night. So I'm not as much on an evening routine as I am a morning one. Evenings more just like wind down. Yeah, I think because of what we're all going through right now, our schedules in some way have been cleared, uh, but they've also been just less, they're just less regimented. And so what I found, and it took me some experimenting the first few weeks because it is a transition. Yeah, it is. And like you said, you need to experiment to figure it out. You do, you do. And and like you mentioned, for me, I've actually been filling out my bullet journal. I did again yesterday, Sunday. And it's just been so helpful because I can plan what I want to accomplish every day. And it makes me feel accomplished every day, even yeah. though I'm stuck inside. Yeah, it does. I, I always thought, I'm like, I don't want a to-do list because then I just focus on getting through the to-do list instead of like actually focus on um, what I'm working on. But oh, at the end of the day, that feeling of satisfaction is so worth it. It just feels like, wow, like I've actually accomplished things. Like you could go in the week feeling blank, every day's blank, or you could fill it in with your personal goals and your work goals. That's what I do. I do my list of personal and it's so funny. So I start each calendar week with my non-negotiables. So I just fill those out. So, um, so I'm, as you know, I'm decluttering my cell phone, all the photos of my phone. I dedicate 10 minutes every day to do that. And then, uh, I also have a non-negotiable walk every morning, which is what gives me energy and, and clarity for the rest of the day. And today I went, for example, without my AirPods in and wow, again, I, as I mentioned before, the city's so loud. But it's it's even even uh, you know what even now sometimes at some points it's it's all the construction you know Uh, construction's taking over Toronto right now it's 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 almost summer so people are uh, they're out and about but uh, but yeah so there's my non-negotiables and so for me the bullet journal has been really helpful uh, clearing my mind and and giving me a sense of purpose every day and I think with purpose and direction um, you can really feel a sense of mental clarity. 
And then I'm still placing um, blocks in my calendar of white space, you know, to just do nothing, just shut my computer off, reduce my screen time. So important. And also taking time for exercise. I've also been doing the mat exercises. I love mad fit. She's amazing. Just look up mad fit on YouTube. She's remarkable. She has 10, 20, 30 minute exercises. I like snackable exercises. I know Lauren, you like lengthy, you like the hour. Uh, for me, I just, I don't know. I just, I just like the quick and quick and easy ones. And so I'll do two a day. And so I find that's a really helpful break for me. Um, for anybody who's looking to learn more about healthy morning habits, I highly recommend a YouTuber. Um, it's, uh, she's at Pick Up Limes. So it's called Pick Up Limes and she has a video uh, called Healthy Morning Habits. I highly recommend it. And just keep in mind that when you watch it, every, it you've got to experiment as we said. Like not everything's going to work for you. I know Lauren, for example, you don't eat breakfast in the morning. You fast. For me, I love eating breakfast in the morning because I find it gives me energy for you. I know it depletes your energy. So everybody's different. So there's that. And then um, someone else I want to uh, mention is Matt Diavella. So he was the director of the Minimalist documentary. He is awesome. He's a YouTuber. He just posted a funny parody called My New Morning Routine. Uh, how, as he copes with the changes at home. So as he was joking around about his new morning routine, he then goes into saying, hey, like, I'm going to be honest here. Uh, you know, I'm imperfect. Uh, my morning routine hasn't been perfect. It's, it's, there's been a lot of experimenting. And he says that it took him some time to adjust. And I love that because he was so real. And I'll share that video with you, Lauren. It's really funny, but it's also really insightful. He says that some of the things, so some of the tips for people is he cut back on news consumption. He cleaned up his workspace. So if you have a desk at home or a kitchen table home that's messy, try to clean it up a little bit. Create some clarity. For me, I just have this little mini lamp and a water bottle. That's it. It's just simple. Um, also, um, he built like a, a home workout routine, which he mentioned was extremely challenging for him. I know there's a lot of people that are not used to working out from home. Lauren, I know you love to work from home. Yeah. Sorry, work out from home. I personally am starting to enjoy it, but it's been taking me time. I prefer the gym, but I'm starting to really value mat exercises. And also, um, he goes for a daily walk, just like me. And the last thing, last tip he had was take a course. If you have extra time, he says, take a course. And I was like, Oh, like, I love that. And I didn't know about this, this company. I just, it literally just came across. I just came across it this weekend. It's called, um, skillshare.com. And he was recommending a course by Greg McEwen, who wrote the book essentialism, a book, one of my favorite books. And you can actually, they're actually inexpensive. You can pay for courses and Greg, for example, he has a course called Simple Productivity, How to Accomplish More with Less. And I'm going to go watch it. Um, I'm going to take the course. Like, I, I'm so excited. I, I, I hadn't heard of Skillshare, but I'm just like, whoa, this is really cool. A lot of the big universities like Harvard and Yale are offering free courses, too, on happiness. My friend Christina is doing one. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, there are some um, really interesting ones, and they're free. So I love that. That's so cool. 
I'm going to check them out myself because yeah, that's just like a part of growing your mental space. I mean, yeah, like we can do all these things to clear our minds, but we should also do things to challenge our minds and grow our minds. Right. And I mean, I think that something that I should also mention is that everybody out there has some ideas on like how to cope with what we're going through right now. Um, another YouTuber I want to recommend is Lavender, spelt Lavender. So she has a YouTube page. She has a YouTube video called Self-Care Ideas for COVID-19 Quarantine. It was super solid. I loved it. Basically, she ran down like the, she did a rundown of the similar ideas that we're discussing now. But she also just suggested a couple things that we didn't. Uh, she suggested that we put on soothing, calming music, that we uh, learn a language. Like there's all these things that like I never thought of. I mean, and it's okay. She says it's okay to watch feel good TV. I think there's just a lot of negativity out there. And so a lot of her suggestions are how to kind of break from the noise. And my favorite tip from her was she said, do nothing. And I was like, yeah, honestly, everyone's feeling that pressure. I'm listening to all my favorite podcasts recently, like, uh, like Kathy Heller's don't keep your day job podcast. And she reminded her listeners, like, I think a lot of us, we put this pressure on ourselves to get everything accomplished. Cause it's like, Oh, we have more time, but we have more time, but we kind of don't have more time, but some people do, some people don't. And if you do like, don't put the pressure on yourself to have to be doing something all the time. Like take time to do nothing because by doing nothing, you are basically replenishing your mind. I feel like um, recently I've been having a glass of wine and just watching interviews with authors and it's so relaxing. Oh, I love it. And then I'll watch Family Guy. So it's a nice balance. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, okay. So let's move on to digital minimalism. So I want to know, I want to hear from you, Lauren. How have you maintained your digital life? I, I mean, I really try to keep my phone in my drawer. I try not to check it until after I've done my miracle morning or my morning routine and I'm like ready and I have my to do list. Then I can you know, message my mom, get back to people. Um, and then check in like the afternoon, the evening, just try not to constantly be on it. Um, I'm on my laptop all day. I, we're kind of stuck inside. So, and I, I watch shows and stuff on my laptop. So I, I'm not going to try to digitally declutter myself from that. I was thinking how the last pandemic, they didn't have internet. <laughs> oh, I know. It's crazy. Some it's people, crazy. some people are so they think it's so challenging and it is for us, but yeah. think about how challenging them. it was for them. So oh, I can't imagine. So um, really digital minimalism is about decluttering and setting boundaries with our digital tool so that we can use them with intention. And I find that I don't actually, I don't hear back from you right away when I text you. And I love that because I find that do you, do you have moments where you say, hey, I'm going to look at my phone then. Do you put your phone away when you read? Uh, do you not look at it before you go to bed? Like, what is your strategy? Um, I do really, I try to keep it in a drawer. So Smart. like I'll check it in the morning and I'll put it in a drawer and then I'll take it out in the afternoon, check it. I do get tempted. I realize your phone is entertainment, like messaging your friends and going on Instagram and apps, like that's a form of entertainment. You should recognize it as that. So it's like, if you want to take a break and play on your phone, then that's great. But you should, you should recognize it. 
Yeah, I don't, I really, I don't keep it beside me at night. There are times when I will just have it beside me, but it's so tempting like to just grab and, and look at, and I find if I do message someone and they message me back right away, I'm like, oh, like, I don't like it when they text me back right away. Oh yeah. Cause then you have to have the conversation. Then you gotta have the conversation with them. I find that the quarantine is, I think it's okay if we're on our phones a little bit more because we are disconnected from. That's fair. Yeah. We we're receiving less connection with other people. So I find that we're kind of reliant on our phones and our computers right now, our electronics um, to feel that sense of connection. So I find that I've personally been spending more time on my phone for that reason, but I know that I still need to work on it because I know that especially the process of scrolling on social media can really have an impact on your mental space and your focus, especially your focus on work. Uh, so for me, I've been trying to put it on airplane mode and put it aside and charge it while I'm working. That way I can get into deep focus. And for those who haven't listened to our episode, Digital Minimalism, if you want to learn more about decluttering uh, your digital spaces, uh, definitely check that out. Some of the tips that I want to highlight here are set a limit or schedule for when you check your social media accounts. And I think that's so reasonable. I know it's hard. It's going to be challenging, but like try it starting today or starting tomorrow. You know, you're going to set three or four time blocks to check social media and reply if you need to reply. So there's time yourself. Yeah. And you can also give yourself a time. Yeah. That's great. You can give yourself 20 minutes or five minutes each time, four times a day, for example, because that will help you. That'll actually help you stop like feeling the need to grab your cell phone, you know, because you know, you'll know it's not urgent and that you've set aside, nope, 4 p.m., not going to touch my phone. (laughs) I feel like you could do that, Lauren. You could go a day or two without checking your social media. I download it maybe once a month and check it. Yeah. I do like YouTube though. That's my social media of choice. Yeah. Everybody has their, has their choice. Yeah. Their vice. Um, Something else to think about is like review, review the applications on your phone uh, and make sure that they serve a purpose or are being used. Something we've talked about before. There are many apps out there, but there are also many apps out there that you use once and then you just leave on your phone. So remove them. Also, obviously, the most obvious one, remove notifications that are causing you to live reactively. When we pick up our phone constantly because there are messages or notifications, we're causing ourselves to let our phones control us rather than taking control over the device or whatever device that is. And I know, Lauren, you mentioned that you're actually looking at your computer all day and that you are having a lot of screen time. And something maybe to think about is to... to set disconnected leisure plans every day beyond just the morning so that you can reduce your screen time. It's not good for our eyes. It's also not good for our mental space. I've started incorporating uh, a 10 minute meditation in the afternoons. And I feel like that has, that just breaks my day. Like, whoa, this is really, really helpful. I wouldn't know what to do without my laptop right now though. Like I literally see my friends with it through Skype. I stream Ballet Beautiful with it. I do my work on it. I watch TV on it. Like we're I, so lucky. Yeah, but like I, if I scheduled time without my laptop, I don't. I would have to take a nap. Yeah, or you would read. 
I don't, I guess I, I go for a walk every other day. That's, and like I sleep and I don't, I'm not on my laptop when I'm having my meals, but otherwise, yeah. Or I guess piano, but that's only like 15 minutes a day. I think that's something for you to think about, Lauren, because I know that sometimes, you know, we'll connect and you'll be like, oh my gosh, like this is happening. Maybe it will help you kind of clear your mind. Yeah, that's true. But you're going to have to give me a list of things to do without my laptop. Okay. Yeah, I will. No, yeah, no problem. No, I will. I mean, one of the things that's really helped me is I've started drawing again. I I know that's so beautiful. Yeah. I'll I'll have to post some of my art, but uh, share some, but uh, it's something that I was always passionate about. And I just, I always, I have a problem just doing those things because I always feel like, oh, I got I have work to do. I can always do work. I can do work, 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 work. But it's like, yeah, you should also, this time that you're drawing is also productive and fulfilling and it clears your mind and it repairs your mind so that when you go back to work, you're going to feel better. Like there's all these upsides, right? And something I want to mention is that Cal Newport, the author of Digital Minimalism, He says, your digital life is just as important as your physical health because a poor digital life can impact your cognitive function. And I love that. People forget about that. You know, they're always focusing on the physical, the physical, the physical, but it's also our mental space. It's just as important. So we need to break free of our electronics. I will send you that list, Lauren. I'll also share that list with our audience on social media. So, and this actually moves gently into emotional minimalism, but before I go into that, the takeaways of digital minimalism is that you actually have deeper focus and you'll feel more calm, more present. You'll have less of an urge to grab your phone because our digital devices can truly fragment our focus. And we don't realize it, but I think you had mentioned in another episode, Lauren, that it takes us 10 minutes to get back into focus once we lose our focus, something like that. Yeah. And if you're losing your focus every 10 minutes, you're not getting much done. Exactly. So it's better to have that full hour or two where you're deeply focused and not grabbing your phone. So it's something to think about. I know it's a huge challenge for all of us these days. Uh, And lastly, embrace slow news consumption and focus on high quality sources over breaking news. That's the last piece, but I'm excited for the next one. Uh, Emotional minimalism. We have an entire episode on this one as well. And I really wanted to close on this one because I think it's, I think it's an area that sometimes people forget and it's not, it's not talked about often. It's about purging our emotional noise, all the mental anxiety that isn't serving us. Uh, Similar to excess physical things, we should let go of negative emotions and create space for positive emotional habits. So there's an author, her name is Karen Kingston. Uh, She wrote the book, Clear Your Clutter for Feng Shui. Uh, And she recommends the first step being to help yourself overcome and manage your emotional clutter. She suggests identifying if you have it, which I would argue most of us have. Uh, She suggests you ask yourself the following questions. Do you have reoccurring negative thoughts or memories? Do you hang on to anger? Do you suppress your emotions rather than work through them? So ask yourself those questions. Then she goes into the second step, which I thought was very helpful, is to create a daily or weekly habit 
or check-in to address your emotions on a regular basis to help you make sense of them. And this could be a five-minute journal every morning or evening. Uh, it could be walking out in nature. Just, just set some time aside to, for you to think about it and to confront those feelings and write them down and figure out what to do with them. Um, you can write them down and throw them out. I think that's helpful for some people is to write them down, rip up the paper and throw them out. That's also very helpful. But number one, I think some of us, we hold on to negative emotions or memories that don't serve us. And unfortunately, we don't make the time to address them. And I think that even making the time to address them every day, once a week, as hard as it can be sometimes, could be so helpful in the long run. And we all have emotional clutter, I think, I argue, um, in some capacity that we could work on. And so that's something else to think about. Yeah, and I, I don't think a lot of people have the tools or the understanding of how to deal with it. Like you said, like a lot of times people suppress it or just do nothing about it they just accept it which you know there's so many things you can do with talking to a friend talking to a family member journaling I love that you said that because it it really breaks down why you're feeling the way you're feeling and just getting something on paper can help you make sense of something more than having it all caught up in your mind so my journaling habit has definitely really helped me you know what's that's that's interesting you know what also may have been helping you is listening to Tom Bilyeu's podcast, Impact Theory. Oh, for sure. The other self-help, po- just self-help podcasts in general can be so inspiring and uplifting. And some of the stories shared on podcasts that I particularly listen to, I'm like, wow, that's so relatable and actually makes me feel better about this clutter that I have in my mind. It, it, it kind of helps me feel like I'm not in this alone, which is interesting. Yeah. I was saying to Kelly the other day that I was always jealous of people who didn't listen to self-help or self-growth. I was like, oh, wow, they're perfect and they're confident. And, but I think that nowadays it's so popular and it's so mainstream and it's so necessary. Everyone could benefit from some form of self-growth growth or self-reflection because it, it's like human to have emotions and to have this, you know, these thoughts and um, build up or anxieties. So being able to learn how to deal with them in a productive way or a healthy way is, uh, is really important. I think it's a step into living a more intentional life in general, because once you're in touch with your emotions, like you can then, whenever you're in a state, you can identify them and just acknowledge them because you'll have, have that hyper-awareness. I think that's the beauty of emotional decluttering is that you become aware of who you are emotionally. And you, you, you kind of refine that space in your mind and you can be more clear and be more intentional with how you respond in emotional situations. And I think that's, that goes without saying that, that, that helps you become at peace with who you are. And I love that. And that's why self-help, like I, there used to be a negative connotation associated with, but today I'd argue that People are embracing it because with oh, self-help, embracing it. yeah, and with self-help comes growth and feeling growth-minded and feeling, feeling in touch and feeling at peace. 
And again, it's, it's just another way in our minimalist journey to bring greater simplicity to every day. And it's healthy. Like I feel like so many people are drinking their green juice and like working out every day and then they're super anxious. (laughs) So, you know, you got to kind of find that balance both with mental and physical health. I completely agree. We don't know what's going through everybody's mind. That goes back to social media. Their lives can look perfect and they're doing everything right, but there might be an area where, you know, they still need to declutter and need to work on and work through. I mean, it'll, it'll constantly, we'll constantly have to keep working. It's just like this lifestyle. It requires constant maintenance and neither you or I are are perfect at this. Uh, We're on this journey with all of our listeners. We're improving in areas every day. But anyways, to refocus the conversation on emotional minimalism, another blogger that I want to mention is Dan Erickson. He's a lover of simple things. He, you can find him at hipdigs.com. He says, quote, we love, we hate, and we get happy and sad. And while it's perfectly normal to have all of these emotions, it's not healthy to have an excess of negative feelings. I love that. Yeah, that's so true. So he suggests that we give ourselves space to release our emotions. As I said before, go find an open space, go out in nature, and then decide what to do with it. Forgive yourself, forgive others, or throw it away. Uh, Also, he suggests replacing negative emotions, which I think you'll appreciate, Lauren. It's like get rid of physical items that bring on negative emotions or replace bad habits that affect your emotions. There's so many different ideas on how to remove your emotional clutter. And again, if you want to learn more, um, we have an episode called Emotional Minimalism. uh, So you can refer back to that one. And I I want to say this too, I think, along with physical minimalism is that, you know, you, you don't have to be perfect. And it's not this obsession with not owning that much stuff. And mental minimalism shouldn't be this obsession with always thinking positively and being happy. Like if your dog dies, someone said that you don't want to be happy. That's not like the point of life. Like there is going to be highs and lows and ups and downs. And you are going to think negatively sometimes, or you are going to be upset or unhappy. And, you know, we all have to deal with things. So it's not, I don't think that, um, self-growth or because I I do think sometimes it can get a bad rep that it's like people are delusional and thinking oh I'm happy I'm positive every day you know I get something bad happens to me and like I'm just gonna skip through it with a smile on my face like I think people need to understand that with self-growth and self-help it's more of they're more tools on how to deal with you know, everyday life and not, not ignore it or bury it or, or get rid of it. It's just ways to deal with it and to understand it and accept it and to move past it. I love that. I think, I think you're kind of framing the conversation. I think the heart of this is like the moral of the conversation is that minimalism, again, as we said in the beginning, it helps us maintain a simpler and more intentional every day. It gives us, it refocuses us. It gives us that focus to continue forward and understand how to handle physical clutter and mental clutter, emotional and digital, because it gives us that hyper-awareness and we can acknowledge it. And it all goes back to being at peace with yourself. But as you said, there are challenges along the way and 
this lifestyle template will help us overcome them uh, and work through them. And it's very normal to sometimes have a space that has a little bit of clutter. That's okay. Like it's, if you have mental clutter, that's okay. If you have emotional clutter, that's fine. It's just no, like emotional clutter will come and go like all, all clutter will. It's how we manage these emotions. So I really hope that our conversation has inspired everybody to remove the excess in their life and better understand the benefits that come with letting go beyond having less stuff. It really essentially something I like to tell everybody who asks me about this lifestyle is that it gives you greater focus, clear vision, a sense of purpose, meaning, and ultimate freedom and joy because you're being mindful of everything that's in your life. That's so true. Yeah. I feel like I'm inspired after this conversation. Oh, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> you're so awesome, Lauren. Uh, but yeah, so that's just that. I'm just going to close there. Um, I really enjoyed this discussion. I hope, I hope we provide pe- everybody with some solid tips uh, on how to maintain this lifestyle. Uh, and understand that minimalism truly is imperfect. So true. And that's okay. Like we also have an episode called Imperfect Minimalism um, where we identify all the areas that we've had challenges, we face challenges and that's okay. So something for people to think about and uh, yeah. So yeah, no, I really enjoyed this conversation too. And uh, I hope that uh, I can see you for a walk this week, Lauren. It's yeah, how can we get together for a walk? Okay, perfect. Let's do oh, it. Nice. It's still kind of cold in Toronto, though. It is still kind of cold, but I like that it's a kind of a nice, brisk air. Well, it's, it's fresh. <laughs> yeah, it like wakes you up. Oh, and talking about the climate, like the air is so much fresher, like all the benefits that, you know, are affecting our environment. So Yeah, that's so true. The one positive thing. Yeah, definitely. The silver lining. Okay, Lauren, well, thanks again. And we'll have to do this soon. Okay, sounds good. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks again for listening. To close our discussion today, we want to tell you about an amazing online professional counseling service that we have each been using over the past few weeks. It's called BetterHelp and it can be found at betterhelp.com. We are both strong believers in the benefits that come with speaking with a professional counselor. If there is something interfering with your happiness or holding you back from achieving your goals, BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. For us, speaking with our counselors has been especially helpful during this period of isolation. It's not a crisis line and it's not self-help. It is rather professional counseling done securely online. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions and BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches. So they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. And as a special offer from millennial minimalist listeners, you can get 20% off your first month by going to betterhelp.com mm M2020 and join the over 500,000 people taking charge of their mental health with an experienced professional. BetterHelp is available to clients worldwide and there's a broad range of expertise in their network which may not be locally available. It's also much more accessible and affordable than traditional therapy and financial aid is available. Plus you can start communicating within 24 hours. So again, if this interests you, please visit BetterHelp. That's 
betterhelp.com slash mm2020 and get 20% off your first month. We will also include this link in our show notes. BetterHelp wants to help all of us live a happier life today, and we hope that you find as much value from this service as we do. Thanks again, stay safe, and speak soon. Bye-bye.